Mr. Pop. Dark. When the little birds are nesting, and I listen to them too, there's two lonesome people in the whole wide world. That's me and the man in the moon. Hello, and welcome to Miskatonic University Radio, a podcast exploring Fantasy Flight Games' Arkham Horror the Card Game. I'm Dane. I'm Dan. And I'm Ben. And today, we're going to discuss our impressions of the player cards in the newest and final Mythos pack of the Circle Undone, Before the Black Throne. Wait, is this, sorry, this is Before the Black Throne? Is the actual Mythos pack the Black Throne? And this is like the, is there like a middle pack in there somewhere? I'm very confused, Dane. Well, one of the resolutions is After the Black Throne. Oh, okay. So first there's Before the Black Throne, then there's the Black Throne, and then After the Black Throne. Exactly. I assumed this was a tie-in secretly with the uh, Song of Ice and Fire LCG. Whoa, 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 Nerd! Nerd! (laughs) Because they're they're definitely out of- they must be out of story for for that by now, right? They gotta gotta merge the two products together uh, to keep it going. (laughs) That sounds awful. Let's jump right into the first card. (laughs) So actually, we should, uh, so there's a pretty strange new mechanic in this pack. And I think, am, am I right? I think that we're going to see more of this mechanic in the upcoming cycle, the Dream Eaters, right? But this is like a preview of it, kind of? Yeah, I was pretty excited about this one. Yeah, so this is called Bonded. So let's just, I'll, I'll just read this first kind of pair of cards that go together. So we have a Guardian Asset, cost two, called Hallowed Mirror. And it has one will icon and has the traits item, relic, occult, and blessed. So that is a big list of traits that affect uh, multiple investigators that can maybe put this in their deck. And it says limit one per deck. And it says forced. After Hallowed Mirror enters play, search your bonded cards for three copies of Soothing Melody. Add one to your hand and shuffle the other two into your deck. When Hallowed Mirror leaves play, find each of those copies of Soothing Melody, even if they are out of play, and remove them from the game. And it takes up your amulet slot. So Accessory slot. Shut up. <laughs> so the way this works is, you know, you play this Hallowed Mirror, which you only have one of in your deck. And as soon as you play it, you get one copy of the bonded card goes into your hand immediately. The other two go in your deck and you can draw them later. But you don't have any of those cards available until you play this Hallowed Mirror, right? Yeah. And it seems, is that same pattern how all the bonded cards work? Uh, at least in this pack. I don't remember from the preview article if that's the case in the other one for the so so it's possible that in the future maybe there would be like more or less than three copies of the bonded card or maybe there could be like different bonded cards like there could be maybe they could explore it a little bit further but for now that seems to be how it works yeah i mean for now i think they're doing it one to three so that they can put one copy of the base card in, (laughs) in the pack and then three copies of the the bonded card there's certainly a type of logic to that so the bonded card is called soothing <laughs> melody and it is a guardian event cost zero it has a will icon an intellect icon and an agility icon it is a spell and it says bonded hallowed mirror heal two damage or two horror or any combination thereof from among investigators and or ally assets at your location draw one card it's got some type of cryptic text in the bottom and some type of dead language it's absolutely not a dead language. That is definitely <laughs> actually French. That's what I said, a dead language. The flavor yeah. text The flavor text is a quote from the recent uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters trailer. Um, <laughs> but, so, and the Hallowed Mirror does, does nothing once it's in play, except that if it ever leaves play, then you lose the bonded cards. So when we talk about this, we, we can basically treat it as if 
like putting the hallowed mirror into play is like a key that adds three cards to your deck and you get one of them into your hand immediately so really we should be talking about how soothing melody works yeah yeah i mean points on hallowed mirror is just uh like who can take it just because of the traits and stuff allow for deck building yeah these are several keywords that investigators like ursula it's a lot of keywords akachi and marie and mateo but yeah so soothing melody itself seems like a, a reasonably strong card right it's a great card it's definitely, it's sort of like a better version of Second Wind, which is cool. Like, Second yeah. Wind is a card that I definitely, in Mark, I usually play two Second Winds and two Emergency Aids. So if I just had a choice to just add Soothing Melody to my deck instead of either of those cards, I would immediately do it. Yeah. But the problem is that you only get to put one copy of Hallowed Mirror in your deck. And if that's just on the bottom of your deck, then you're never going to really get to do any Soothing Melodies, right? Yeah, I think that might be the risk... Or the balance to this car- these cards, right? You have one copy of the key card in your deck, but the bonded cards are, like, stronger than an average, like, level zero card. Yeah. So the idea is, like, ah, oh, if I find the one card and play it, then I'll get access to this, several copies of this more powerful card. And it's a more powerful card that even replaces itself, because you have to draw a card after you play it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, ex- well, like like Second Wind, right? But I think that, you know, if you are mostly going to be using this to healing damage, then it's not that much better than Second Wind, because it's really only better if you want to occasionally use it to heal horror or to heal other people or allies. It is cheaper. It's only zero resources. It's zero. Power. Yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. Oh, it's also a spell. So if you're playing this in Marie or something, and you're playing Arcane Initiate, you're going to probably find them that way. Yeah. Yeah. But like, even just for like talking about Mark, which is definitely the deck that I'm going to put this in, I was actually, rather than comparing it to Second Wind, I was going to compare it to First Aid because it does everything First Aid does, Upgraded First Aid does, even. You play Upgraded First Aid for two, and then you usually would like, you might have your beat cop out and you'd want to heal him one damage, one horror. This has the added accessibility of being able to heal one damage from him, and then also maybe an errant horror that got put on you, or another investigator that might be at your location. And then in addition, you even draw a card. It like replaces itself. And since you're Mark, you're going to go through most of your deck anyway, like just withdrawing all your cards. So like, you're definitely going to run into these all the time. Yeah, that's a pretty good point. I've been thinking of comparing it to those events, but maybe it is better to compare it to first aid because the first aid with Mark, you usually want to get it down kind of later in the game anyway. Like often you're too busy killing things and you're sort of waiting for like, finally I have a turn off where I can play a first aid and use it. Yeah. So in that sense, like, yeah, maybe this is kind of a, at the very least, it'd be fun to try is like to see how it is. Um, And the other thing that this has going for it is that at least guardians don't have a whole lot of really strong options for the accessory slot. Right. Like there's police badge, which is pretty good, but it costs XP. It gives you will, which is like nice, but it doesn't directly help you kill things. So like if this was taking up a hand slot or something, then it would be kind of a non-starter, I think, for most guardians. But right. a next slot is like, yeah, we could. It's not really ruling anything out. It's not really like taking that slot from anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, even Carolyn likes this because it's another. It's a level zero. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a card good point. Oh yeah, to give money to people. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's... And importantly, you can you can split up the damage and horror amongst investigators and allies. Right. Exactly. So like you know, and she could play. I mean, she probably doesn't, but she could play like level zero arcane initiates and stuff if she's playing a bunch of spells. If she wanted yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. She probably doesn't, but yeah. I think usually she takes like key of Saint Hubert, right? Yeah, kind of competes with that a little bit, but yeah, that's a good point. There's always relic hunter though. Yeah, it's, I don't know, I, I think it has a lot of, a lot of investigators, like, would be interested in this. And importantly, it's, it is a one-of in your deck, right? So yeah. it's not right, right competing as much with other deck slots, because usually you want, like, 
usually have a couple one-ofs, right? Yeah. Like, you could even, until you get Relic Hunter, if you had two Key of St. Hubert in your deck and one of this, and it's like, well, whichever one I play first, I'll, I'll play, that wouldn't be terrible. Right, right. The one thing I do want to say, though, just, again, back to the fact that you can only take one of these, that really is kind of a problem. Like, I probably would try this in Mark, now that I think about it, because Mark draws a million cards, so you are you are going to find this fairly quick. But Carolyn, I'm not really sure how many cards she's going to draw. So you just have to keep that in mind. And because uh, or like, you know, Diana has a has a larger deck size, right? So like anybody who's not going to necessarily be drawing a ton of cards, you really have to think hard about whether you want to put this in just because you only get one of them and you might never actually get to play those soothing melodies. Yeah, I think like most investigators get through half their deck. And even if you see this one out of every two scenarios, roughly, I think it could be pretty okay. But consider also, I mean, the other reason I like it in Mark is because you can always damage yourself and gain value from it. Mm. But not all investigators are going to be able to do that. Like, yeah, some scenarios you're taking a lot of damage in horror, you'll have good times to use this. But some investigators in some scenarios, you might just be holding on to these without really much to do with them. If you're playing beat cops and stuff, then it's like, okay, then I have some, then I have a reason to play it. Yeah, it's it's definitely good for healing beat cops. Or uh, or agency backup, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think guardians usually have allies they want to heal uh, if they don't have fellow investigators. Yeah, I mean, I guess most guardians play level two B cop once they upgrade it, right? Yeah, if they're pure fighting guardians, maybe not Carolyn, but I think yeah. most others probably do. That's yeah, true. Uh, I think like the last big point I wanted to make about it though is that like guardians don't have a lot of like any options for horror heal, like good horror heal. I think the only one that I can think of is. Um, I mean, you can upgrade into Kerosene, and you can upgrade into maybe like I've had worse or something, but really their only option was, what's the one from it, when a monster is defeated? Moment of Respite is pretty good, and uh, I mean, upgraded first aid is, is also decent, but I agree, this is pretty, this is strong compared to those. Yeah, and like upgraded first, like rather than upgrading, like spending three experience on an upgraded first aid, you just play this, I think. That's true. I still think that if you care about consistency, you might actually eventually want to spend the XP on upgraded first aid, but maybe not. Like, I, I kind of want to see how this plays. This definitely could be good. You could always play, like, one of these and one upgraded first aid, and then, you know, whichever one you get is a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, either way, it cuts some cost. It's definitely nice, because there hasn't been that many options for Carolyn for uh, horror healing <laughs> in this cycle at all. Has there? Has there been any cards for horror healing for Carolyn? Uh, none that I can think of offhand. You can have a Ghastly Revelation and take a million horror and die. Was was Meat Cleaver in this cycle, or was that the previous one? No, that's in this cycle. That was in this cycle. I see, there you go. There's, there's a great Carolyn card. <laughs> but Carolyn's not going to use Meat Cleaver. Yeah, you, know, you never know. You never <laughs> yeah. Know. But yeah, definitely a definitely a pretty strong card. Like I said, I'm, I'm interested to see how this plays, because it, it could be good, it could be kind of janky, but it seems cool. I think it's certainly interesting enough to throw it in a deck. Yeah, so let's head to the next card. The next card we have is I've Had Worse. Welcome back. This is a level 2 version of uh, the same event. It costs 0 still. Uh, It commits for a will symbol and an agility symbol. It's a spirit, uh, which means Calvin can play it. Unlike the previous version. (laughs) Fast. Play when you are dealt damage and or horror. Cancel up to 2 damage and or horror just dealt to you. Then gain that many resources. So this was actually printed uh, a while ago as a level four card that basically does, uh, it cancels three more damage. So five damage and or horror. And this one kind of scales that down to two damage and or horror. 
so this one isn't this one supposed to be called I've had worse or or I've had more worse or something like that because it's like less good. <laughs> I've had less worse, right? Because it's yeah. Oh yeah, there you go. I've had less worse. <laughs> That's grammatically correct. Or I am having less worse now, but maybe in the future when I spend more XP, I will have worse. Or I, I will have had worse. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they could have fit all that into the into the parameters of the card, unfortunately. That's probably true. And notably, the original I've had worse, I don't think saw a whole lot of play. Is that right? Or did do we just underrate it and other people play it? Because I don't uh, think we play it a lot. I could see... Mary, uh, hmm. No, I think it's level four. There's like a lot of other options for you know just mitigating damage and horror yeah exactly slash getting you want to get like your big weapons or monster slayers or whatever it's disappointing compared to the netrunner card of the same name Uh, it has to be (laughs) (laughs) i think i mean it's just struggles from having too many pips on it right like being level four it's just really tough to make that consideration when you've already got so much to do with your experience as a guardian especially you have a lot of ways to handle horror and and damage i mean here we are talking about soothing melody and stuff like that right before this came out. It's almost kind of a slap in the face type had worse. But like it makes it so that level two version opens it up to like maybe skids or somebody who is off class, like Joe maybe. Yeah, which is definitely true, but I I just think that in general, healing damage and horror is pretty much better than preventing it most of the time. Like not all the time, but it's better to be like, okay, I can wait and I not have to spend resources yet until I'm close to death and then I'll spend resources to like protect myself. Do you know who likes to cancel damage or horror? I just thought about that. <laughs> and has access to level two guardian guards. That is true. It does it does work for Diana. Yeah, yeah. it's Diana. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's Diana. I think Diana might like this card as like another cancel card and also gives her money to play all her expensive mystic stuff. And you draw a card, it replaces itself. So do you play this instead of the hilarious dark prophecy which screwed ben over very recently (laughs) (laughs) i think it you might play it as instead of some of the weaker cancel cards yeah okay yeah yeah this actually i mean now that i think about it this probably was like specifically made for diana they were like oh here's a guardian card that says cancel on it but it's too high let's make a version of it that barely gets in under the level two ceiling i mean as as dane mentioned uh calvin can take this too because it's a spirit level two he couldn't take the level four. It fits into the spirit tribal so, deck with Calvin. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, this this is helpful for him too. So he can play closer closer to the uh, I'm about to die threshold, but I have five in all my stats. Um, yep, really, really good. <laughs> that is so, true. That is glad true. we got one obligatory Calvin card for the like tenth pack in a row. We're always always <laughs> happy to see that. Yep. I mean, the issue I think also. Not even including the fact that it's a reactive card as opposed to being proactive about, like, healing damage and things. It's kind of a selfish card as far as Guardian cards go because, like, with Emergency Aid and with, like, First Aid, you can heal other people. This doesn't give you that option. This just only you, you know? So maybe that's also a downside of it as well. Yeah, that's true too. And I think people sort of maybe sometimes want these cards to be good because Guardians do have trouble getting money usually. Like it is a... Right, right, You often want to play these expensive weapons and the class does not have a whole lot of ways to get resources. But this is just not really a great solution to that because it's very dependent on being in a specific situation. I mean, this is like one attack from most enemies or like a one treachery card because you can need damage and or horror. It makes it a lot easier to use than if it was just like two damage or two horror. But I mean, are you like spending an action to intentionally take an attack of opportunity so you can play this? So you spent a click in a card to get two money? Usually you could do something else productive like engage. I think it might be good in solo. We need to have a bingo card for like the underwhelming cards. Like it's good in solo. It's good for Calvin. Like what are, what are the other spaces we could have on that bingo card? It's good for Diana. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We should fill this whole thing out eventually. I don't know. Maybe it's not a great general card, but I think Diana likes it. I think Calvin likes it. And I think 
I think certain Guardian builds could benefit from a little bit of extra money, a little bit of damage, or horror cancel. It'll it'll see some play. It's it's not it's not a terrible card. Unlike the level four one, which is just too expensive and not enough people can yeah out to. yeah like that's that's like an XP sink. Like if you just have infinite XP, maybe you'd eventually get one. So Skids could use it too, right? <laughs> He's got to pay off those hospital get, debts. He likes having money. He can provoke an AOO, prevent some damage, get two money, and then spend that two money to get an extra action. <laughs> oh, we did it. We got <laughs> there. Incredible. Skids got wow. there, and then loop some somehow loop that infinitely, and uh, yeah, sounds, <laughs> sounds sounds really good. We should we should move on. I think we've said about the, all there is to say about I've had worse. So the next card, oh, I got to read both of these. Uh, oh no! So unfortunate for everybody. All right. Oh uh, yes. <laughs> um, Here we go. So uh, the next card is a seeker asset called uh, Occult Lexicon. Uh, the art features a book which with, has the blood that is ink that is like dripping off of it. Very scary. A very scary book. It's not a very good. Thing. Anyway, it is a level zero cost two asset with one intellect icon on it. It is an item, tome, and occult. Limit one per deck. Similar to the previous one, after Occult Lexicon enters play, switch your bonded cards for three copies of Bloodrite, add one to your hand, shuffle the other two into your deck. When Occult Lexicon leaves play, find each of those copies of Bloodrite, even if they're out of play, and remove them from the game. Uh, so Bloodrite is a Seeker event, uh, cost zero, it has a willpower, an intellect, and a combat icon on it, and it is a spell, it has the bonded Occult Lexicon trait on it. The effect is draw two cards, discard up to two cards from your hand. For each card thusly discarded, you may either gain one resource or spend one resource to deal one damage to an enemy at your location. This action does not provoke attacks of opportunity. Guys, this is this card is messed up. Are you seeing this art? This book is like bleeding. Yeah, I was about to mention I'm that. I'm freaking the f*** out right now. This is some scary it's, shit. That's not okay. <laughs> it's a very it's a very What is evil going book. on with this game? This okay. is, How do you even approach that book? This is terrifying. I'm very scared. Look, she's holding it. The lady doing the bloodlight in this image, she's casting a sigil in blood on Bloodrite. This game is uh, rated M for mature, you guys. Seriously, this is... <laughs> I get, wow. I, oof. I gotta... Oof. All right. Uh, let's talk about the actual cards, though. So, let's see. So, the event... So, um, I didn't mention it. The Occult Lexicon takes up a hand slot, because it is a tome, a right. spooky tome. Which is, I mean, that's definitely important because most people have, like, Seekers have magnifying glasses and stuff. They have things to hold in their hands. And even, uh, like, Daisy, who's like, oh, you know, Daisy likes tomes, right? But she likes tomes that she can use in action to activate, which this is kind of not. Yeah, mm. well, she usually plays that ally to dig for tomes as well. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, research librarian? So that is cool because that means that there is kind of a way to tutor for this. I guess with Hallowed Mirror, it is a relic. So technically, if you wanted, you could uh, find it with Ellie Horowitz. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but don't if you do have that. access to Ellie. Uh, <laughs> and also don't. So, you know. But I mean, Daisy's interesting because she, I mean, not that she does. I think the only thing she benefits from this being a tome regarding is her uh, Elder Sign ability. But yeah. I think that she's the only one that can also take. Uh, arcane initiates to find the blood rites after right like if she really wanted to that is true if yeah. you're going for like spell daisy which is probably not a thing at this point but but these cards are good yeah so but the blood right itself yeah let's talk about blood right. so you draw two cards and then you can optionally discard two cards from your hand uh to get money or spend some money to deal damage to an enemy so paying zero to draw two is pretty bad you normally that's not great Right, because you could just draw one without paying a card. So normally you're doing this because you want to deal damage to things, I'm pretty sure. 
Well, it, it's yeah, you can draw two, but then you have to discard to actually be able to do damage or get money, right? Well, but but so what I'm saying, this has like a lot of modes. Like one mode for this card is basically draw two. One mode is yeah. draw two, discard two, gain two resources. Another mode is draw two, discard two, pay two resources, do two damage. Or draw two, discard one, deal one damage. Yeah, you can split it up too, but yeah. Yeah, like you can... But but I guess what I'm saying is I think that if if this is probably the most powerful mode for this is going to be dealing damage. Yeah, for sure. Especially because you can ping two different things and you could, you know, you can kill cultists. Like we just saw in uh, in the Clutches of Chaos, there were one health cultists that were aloof that were, you know, being able to ping those without having to taunt and attack them is really strong. Yeah, that is good. Good for whippoorwills too and other stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And Marie plays this free, right? Yeah, Marie. if Marie puts puts in her deck yeah, and she has her doom on, then yeah, she could play it as a bonus action. It also, I mean, obviously it would be great if this was fast, but at least it does not provoke AOs. So if you have something on you that has two health, you could play this and basically pay to, um, you know, draw to discard to and kill it. Like, that's pretty good. Hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting option for Seekers to be able to deal damage. I think the pinging is probably one of the most powerful features. Yeah, like, I, I think that in almost all circumstances, it's probably wrong most of the time to use this and not deal damage to things yeah but in that sense it might be good it might be good solo where like you need to be able to do a little bit of damage like you know your i've got a plan doesn't quite cover you completely you need like something else i mean it does let you dig through your cards in your deck as well if you need like certain stuff because you get to draw two and you can throw away stuff that you maybe don't need could you do like a pretty good daisy solo build that plays this and the library assistant that finds it and encyclopedia so that you can pass whatever kind of tests you need and mind over matter so you can occasionally like definitely pass a test yeah and Meltaronis. and pathfinder that sounds like a pretty good deck i mean you could make use of it too just because she goes through her deck so fast with drawing thin <laughs> yeah i was thinking the same thing actually she has access to the whole fail package in addition she can discard like winging it and to this you know like that's the kind of stuff you want to discard anyway or if you run into a tarot card that you don't need anymore you can discard it to let deck to this to deal some damage or get some money yeah i also i i just think like if there was a card that said if there was an event that just said cost two deal one damage to an enemy at your location twice meaning you can do it twice to the same enemy or hit one and one and also you know draw two cards and discard two that would be like a pretty good card yeah like even if it didn't have modes to it like that would be a card that we would probably say like yeah you should usually play this and unlike the mirror this has this additional thing that you can play the library assistant and have a much better chance of finding it right but it takes up a hand slot which is kind of bad so as disgusting as the art is i think it's quite good yeah it's really hard to it's really hard to say it's definitely cool and i definitely want to try it i think it's probably good but it's hard to say see that's probably what she said then she picked it up and her hand got all wet and it's like really (laughs) gross and stuff yeah, I think I might, might try it on a min or maybe Daisy. Yeah, even yes for for min especially because for Daisy, I think giving up the hand slot is tough for most Daisy builds. But I don't know, maybe it works. Yeah, it's almost unthinkable, really. Whoa! <laughs> Speaking of unthinkable. Speaking of you know, you know what? I'm not playing along. With a ridiculous <laughs> attempt at a clever segue. This is this is childish, and you should you should be ashamed of yourself. Dane's gonna love this card. Dane has some history with this card, I think. So this is a seeker event level five. Wow, cost one. Uh, has three intellect symbols. Wow. It's called Glimpse the Unthinkable. <laughs> it's a, uh, sorry, what is this trait it has? Is is this a in, insigit? Insigit? Yeah, it's one we haven't seen before. I, I don't think we've ever seen this trait. It's very before, original uh, to this, to this set. Maybe, uh, presumably there will be some kind of uh, survivor at some point that can play insight cards, I assume. 
<laughs> so it says, shuffle any number of non-weakness cards from your hand into your deck. Draw cards until you reach your maximum hand size. Remove Glimpse the Unthinkable from the game. That's that's pretty interesting. I mean, so level five, right? So like, most level five cards are quite powerful. So it's not enough to just say like, oh yeah, this card is good. Like clearly, there's situations where this is very good. The question is like, is this something that you would happily pay five XP for like early that you'd like really be excited about? I don't think it's one that you'd want to get like early on, but I think it's a it's another one of those like, oh, this is a cool card. I don't need it for the core of my deck, but like, it's a good late game pickup to have like a fun, powerful ability. If you play this when your hand has like one or two cards in it, you know, that's great. That's like draw seven cards. Well, but I mean, for one money, but you but... can always just shuffle back whatever cards you don't want. Yeah. I mean, well, right? yeah. so even if, even if you have four in hand, you can be like, oh, I don't need these three cards. And if I haven't already played them, it's probably because I don't want them right now. So yeah, like shuffle. Right. So this should pretty much, you should always think of this as being like draw like six or seven or something at least. Yeah. But you, you can't recur it. Like you can't eidetic memory it. <sighs> Oh, uh, you can combo this with that, uh, the ancient stone that, like, does damage when you yeah. draw cards. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, c- yeah. you could play this to do, like, however many charges you have on that, like, eight damage in one, in one card. It's also really good with Nivisit, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I... This card kind of scares me. I want to kind of go to yellow alert now, because this is definitely... Wait, oh, hang on, are we, we've never actually had to do this on the Wait, podcast what? before, but we do have a yellow alert button that just to, for situations like this. We, I think we have to go there. Why was I never told about this? All right. Button? Okay. Well, Dane, Dane said it. We're going. We're going to yellow alert. Okay. We're we're at yellow okay. alert now. Listen. All right, we're at yellow listeners, alert. Listeners, this it, there's got to be some way that somebody's going to make some infinite combo out of this. <laughs> is there any way that that can happen now? Like this is this is what we don't want to happen. But I think that the remove glimpse the unthinkable from the game kind of removes it from that. But I'm, I'm, I want to make sure, like, is there any weird series of events where, like, Donna could get this under her, or, like, you could recur it with the Tome or something like that? Um, That's a question for Rules Master Ben, I think. Well, there's a, there's a card coming up that, like, after you play an event, you can play it again. But uh, uh, literally, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that no character in the game can play both of those cards, so... Well, there's always teamwork. Yeah, but what if they teamworked it, or maybe somebody owed them a card and they borrowed it? I don't know what that latter half of that is, but uh... look, I know we've we'll, we'll maybe we'll maybe discuss this in a future episode. I know that we've all realized that teamwork is a fantastic card uh, so- somehow, <laughs> but I'm not sure that I'm not sure that that's super relevant to what's at hand. No, I, I mean, so but that's a good question though, Ben. So, is there any way to get around removing this from the game? Like, if you play this. And it goes under, like, you put it under something, or Safina or something like Like, can you play, can you Painted World it? Well, Safina can't play um, it. Like, part of the effect is to remove it from the game. Like, it's not like a replacement effect or anything. So, like, when you're resolving the effect, you definitely have to remove it from the game. So, there's probably not a way to specifically prevent this card from getting removed. But there are cards that let you copy it. Hmm. And you might be able to mess around with that if you can copy it with, like... Savina's event or Identic Memory? No, Identic Memory also removes itself. Oh, uh, okay. Most of the time, these types of effects are have the removed from the game specifically, so you can't recur them. But I think a couple of those were missed. <laughs> yeah, this this definitely seems like that to me. So so probably this is at the moment that's probably not possible, but we'll keep an eye on it in case it becomes possible in the future. But yeah, I mean, I guess one thing to think about is like I don't know if people are still playing higher education now that it costs eight XP if you're playing with the taboo list, but. It is sort of cool that you can like have amnesia and then th- keep this as your one card and then immediately go back up to eight. Like that's pretty cool. Yeah, 
to turn on your higher education. But yeah, I think this is really good. It's just like, maybe we should think about it versus cryptic research, right? Yeah, that's fair. So that could research is fast and you draw yeah. four cards? Uh, no, cryptic research is draw three and it's fast and it costs zero. So it's one less XP. It's one less resource. It commits for one will instead of three intellects. And you can use it on other people, although, I mean, usually you don't. I mean, you don't, but no, but some I mean, people probably no, do. I, hey, I, I used it on someone else just like yesterday, man. Um, but I mean, like, yeah, okay. but I'm just saying that usually you're not going to do that. Like, it's like a special case. So I think it's a fair comparison because this is slightly more expensive, but you draw, as you said, like eight cards effectively. Yeah. I mean, there's a chance you'll redraw some of the cards you threw away, but... Although, uh, importantly, this uh, you know this can make you draw your weakness by drawing like eight cards because you're drawing so much of your deck. Good, great, go ahead and draw it. That's, uh, that's fine. But, yeah, that's fine. Or just play Joe Diamond, then you don't have a weakness in your deck besides the basic weakness. Yeah, I don't know. I I think I like it. I think because we we recently started a game where I'm playing Min with drawing Thin, and it's incredible. <laughs> I'll probably get the Ancient Stone that does damage just for fun, <laughs> and she'll turn. She'll both investigate everything, drawing Thin everything, and then murder everything with damage by drawing cards. <laughs> that sounds great. amazing. Yeah, I'm very I, excited to hear how this goes. Uh, this, I think this card goes to that deck. <laughs> the more I think about it, the more I think this is like definitely better than Cryptic Research, and it's just like actually a pretty good card. Yeah. Now, listeners, I'm going to take this moment to let you know these next cards are not for the faint of heart. If you're not familiar with Jank, pause this video and take a deep breath. This next card is called You Owe Me One. It is a zero-cost event. It is a rogue card. It commits for an intellect, a combat, and an agility. It is a favor and a gambit. Look at another investigator's hand. You may play a non-weakness card in that investigator's hand under your control. If you do, you and that investigator each draw one card. The positioning in the pack is interesting because I think if someone plays this and takes your Glimpse the Unthinkable, that's going to cause some drama, maybe. <laughs> There's This card is has danger all, all around it, and we would go to Red Alert if that didn't require us all to be in the same oh, room. Oh, Red Alert? Dane, this is, we haven't even ever gotten to Yellow Alert before, and now you're already, this is, you gotta settle down, buddy, come on. Yeah, so this has, this has a lot of potential Wait, by to the way, do some crazy, are, what? Are we, we're still at Yellow Alert, right? We should probably go down from Yellow Alert, right? Wait. Why? Well, what what has indicated us the need to go down? We're talking we're talking about a different card. You just want to stay at yellow alert for the whole episode. I, this is ridiculous. We're gonna stay at yellow alert. I think until the end of these road cards. This yeah. is this is like the terror warning tracker being at orange all the time or something. This is like stupid. Like, come on. <laughs> we'll we'll break it down if we capture any like really terrible cards in this pack. Okay. Right. Okay. Fine. Just, so we're still at yellow alert. I guess that's just a, I guess that's just normal now. Whatever. Yeah. So this this card has a lot of potential to do some crazy jank because. Now rogues with this one card have access to every other card in the game, right? Yes. <laughs> so double or nothing plus X card where X is any card in the game is now like a thing that could happen, right? Yeah. I guess it I guess it already could because someone else could. There's a lot of cool combos. I don't know. Dane, list off seven co- cool combos right now. Go. Uh, let's let's keep that down to two. Like, <laughs> oh <or> two. god. <laughs> I I can't even begin to 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 like this card is is so terrifying to me. Everything that I've held sacred in my hands for the whole game is now at risk. I I just don't even know how to feel anymore. It's a, it's a piece of cardboard, dude. <laughs> this card is terrifying. How is it? this card is like somebody will just take your Meltaroni away from you. Somebody will just and and you know that somebody has has a name named Alex. 
That is, this is 100% going to happen. This is definitely the, yeah, this is, it's a great grief card. This for is sure. the most Alex <laughs> card I think that's been printed, at least since you handled this one, and probably even more so than that. This is terrifying. I think this is like a, a pretty good card, though, right? I, <laughs> like, I think it is. Even without, it is. even if you don't take a card from someone else, like say you took the worst card for them, uh, like uh, baited switch level zero, or oops, um, <laughs> use that. It's still it's still is like plus one card for you and the other person, so it's like a draw two. No, cards. so you're no because you're paying a click and a card. The other person loses a card and gains a card. You gain two cards. So it's basically like you're paying a card that says draw two cards, kind of. I mean, it's better than that because you get to like pick which of the other person's cards you play. But just in terms of pure card advantage, it's not really doing a lot. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this compared to, like, compare this to teamwork, I think is kind of like a weird, like, this is kind of like the rogue analog to teamwork in that it's kind of giving everybody the chance to do stuff you normally don't. Ah, but what if you use this to play someone else's teamwork, right? Then they would know you won. Yeah. (laughs) The teamwork effect is optional, so it's not like you force people to give you stuff (laughs) or you're forced to give away stuff. But this is, you, you force them, right? Like, they don't have consent. This is, this is just very dangerous. The, you owe me one? Yeah, no, this is this is a premium grief card. Like, you just, you play this, you immediately reach over to your friend, take all their cards, pick one, and, <laughs> and it's yours now. They can't do anything about it. We're not playing for Anta here, Ben. Besides throw dynamite on you <laughs> their next I just, turn. I think if you're playing this game with, if you're playing this game with people that you aren't, like, friends with enough to, like, enjoy this kind of stuff, then you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah. It's kind no. of, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of extremely awesome combos you can pull off with this. Giving rogues access to one of every other card, or one of any other card, seems very good. And if you like coordinate that, like when you're you know working with people to build decks, like hey, I'm going to put this in my deck so that I can uh, yoink your uh, uh, what's some high level card that you your glimpse of the unthinkable <laughs> from you. It, uh, <laughs> or you, <laughs> this is like particularly terrifying. And like I think now the person that can grief the most is Safina, right? Because if she gets this under her, she can painted world this like five times to take everybody's cards. <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> she could do that i don't know i we, i should have stared at this more before we started recording to think of a couple of like weird combos because now i completely blakey on what the most uh, strongest combo could work we can but. let our listeners imaginations fill in the the gaps for them yeah i think the the bottom line is this this is not like a reliable awesome card that just gives you value it's situational in terms of like is there going to be a thing you can get from someone else that really helps you in this scenario but it seems incredibly fun and you should definitely play it because it's going to be really fun and you should just definitely play it. Yeah, speaking of things that you should play, <laughs> this next card is is also... We're still at yellow alert here. Okay. So uh, the next card is Double Double. And it is a rogue card. Uh, and it is an asset. Costs four to play. Four pips on it, so it's level four. It has a willpower and an intellect icon. And it is a ritual. The text is exceptional. Uh, reaction, after you play an event, exhaust double-double. Play that event again as if it were in your hand. And it is a arcane slot. Hang, hang on a second. So this card is called double-double, meaning the word double, which means do something twice, twice. The cost and resources is four, which is two to the two. The level is four, which is two to the two. But it's exceptional, <laughs> which means that you pay twice that amount of XP to put it in your deck. And then in addition, the card number is 320, and 32 is 2 to the 5. So <laughs> how much of this is intentional, and how much of this is my brain being very strange? 
Uh, it's probably a hundred percent intentional. Did you count how many like moons or coins, whatever's going on in this <laughs> image, to see if it was sixteen or something? I think that probably everything except for the set number is certainly intentional, and the set number is probably not. But uh, damn. So this this is a neat card. Uh, it's definitely a investment to get in your deck because it's eight experience and it's a lot for to put on the board. But rogues usually have enough money. It is a, an arcane slot, which is usually like not. It's not there's not much contention for that slot on rogues, right? They have like suggestion or there's a few. Yeah. This card sucks, and you know why? You know why this card sucks? Is did you find a math flaw? Because the best green character can't play it. Skids <laughs> can't play it. No. Finn. Or, uh, skids, fuck. Uh, Finn can't play Finn it. Finn can't play it. The Emerald God cannot uh cannot play this, and therefore what is what is oh, even the no. point of it even? <laughs> I think I think the point of this is to make a griefing Safina deck and honestly just take take ten of people's cards. I this I really is, think that that's what this what is. What's wrong with you, Dane? What what happened to you to make you like this? This, this is insane. <laughs> double double is like the the like the pinnacle of jank technology right now. This is this is it, guys. If anybody wanted jank to happen in this game, you take double double. Regardless of the Yomi one, this is it. I don't. I don't know. You're looking at Apex Jank. I feel like this is this is like the PlayStation Two Slim of Jank technology. <laughs> <laughs> I think in Safita, this could be like pretty good. Maybe maybe like the iPod Video of Jank technology. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I I think in Safita, this could be pretty good because she's already going to be being uh pretty event heavy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it does compete with her arcane slots, I guess, but she's already going to be very focused on just having lots of good events that she wants to play and she actually has the money to play them she used to play ward to ward twice no that doesn't work um but, but if you wanted to take extra horror oh you can use it to play delve twice well and still no only one XP well no here's it. okay this this probably doesn't work but i have to check you know how ward only cancels the revelation effect which doesn't include surge can you somehow <laughs> ward both the surge card you drew and the thing that surges off of it with with this uh, no i don't think the timing works for that because you would yeah you'd, you'd play That's the yeah. Yeah. But you could use this to get yourself a lot of money really quick. Like you could use it on Hot Streak. Yeah. yeah. Play Hot Streak twice. Like sim- simple events that have like like good upgraded emergency cash. You get like eight charges on your Melteroni. Like. <laughs> yeah. It it does cost four. Like forget about the eight experience. Four resources is a lot. I mean, I, I think this is probably good for Preston. Is really where we're going with this. Yeah. Because oh. he has money to use every turn. Yeah, you can double all the services. Yeah, and it just it makes things it suddenly makes things like backstab or whatever, like just any events suddenly become like a lot better, right? Yeah. I mean even Savina, she Storm of Spirits works on rituals, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it it'll be and it'll be good, uh it'll it'll be good for Safina too. Look, here's here's the bottom line. I looked at this card and I said, wow, that looks really fun. I wonder what deck I would put this in. And then I started thinking like, well, let me think of an example of a green deck and count how many events are in it and see like whether it would be worth it. And then I realized, oh, wait, the only green character that I play is Finn and Finn can't take this. So this card sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it has uh, some fun stuff you could do with it. If you combine it with Yomi one to like doink <laughs> some powerful like seeker event and then play the seeker event and then play it again, that could be pretty fun. I mean, importantly, you have to play the cost of the event again, right? Yeah. The resources or whatever extra. You don't just get a free... But if it's something like cash, but... you know. Yeah, you already have the money yeah. for it. Or Drown of the Flame or whatever. Yeah, I think this will this will single-handedly make Safina and Preston decks a lot more fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Or double-handedly, um. I should say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pre- pretty neat. I don't think it's like a must-buy, must, must buy, but 
Yeah, fun, fun in certain decks. Yeah, it slots into this thing like um, Borrowed Time, where it's an incredibly fun card that's like maybe not necessarily going to make your deck way better, but it's like really fun and cool, and you probably want to try to get it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I counted. There's a uh, there's like 14 coins on this card. <laughs> like if there had been 16, that would have been real perfect, right? Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe next yeah, time. All right. All right. Well, we've diffused the situation. We can remove Yellow Alert now. Well, why are we about to approach like a? dangerously bad card to rebalance the scales or something (laughs) (laughs) yes Uh, all right (laughs) it's time for wither so this is a uh, mystic asset cost two level four two combat icons it's a spell it says action fight this attack uses will instead of combat you get plus two will for this attack if a skull, cultist, tablet, or elder thing symbol is revealed during this attack, the attacked enemy gets minus one fight, minus one health, and minus one evade for the remainder of the turn to a minimum of one. And it takes up a spell slot, and notably, this is an upgraded version of a level zero card that we've seen earlier in this cycle. And uh, it's still bad. Yeah, don't. <laughs> yeah. don't this um. is not good. I When I first saw it, I was like, ooh, minus one health. So is it sort of like, see, that would be cool. Because like, it, it, if something was like, it doesn't permanently do two damage, which is what we would want, but it does one damage and reduces the health by one for this turn. So like, if you killed it this turn, it would be like a shriveling. That's what I at first thought when I was looking at it. But no, you don't even get the minus one health unless you draw a spooky token. Right, yeah. right. If you're doing a deck where you're trying to trying to draw spooky tokens, then it's sort of like a shriveling without charges. But the the health only lasts for your turn. The yeah. minus one health, which is means if you fail to kill it, like it's wasted. I mean, you're usually hoping that you're going to kill something that you're going to kill it this turn, right? Yeah, I mean, not always. Sometimes you got to team up with somebody or something. But... You're also, that means you have to draw a lot of spooky symbols yeah that is true yeah there's like no deck where this is worth four xp maybe like some really janky solo deck maybe but you can buy it with like an eldritch inspiration to make it minus two health if you draw a spooky token <laughs> oh that's kind of interesting and you can use a dark prophecy to force yourself to draw a spooky token or one, something but ben so the way this works is that you do the damage and then it subtracts the health that way this could never kill anything if somehow you did like two damage but it was a three health enemy then it removes another health from it it would still only be at one right um or are you able to like stack it i'm not sure what you just said but i think it's i think it was wrong (laughs) are you are you you're not able to stack the damage after the health reduction right like that's not how that works i'm not sure when an enemy's the damage on an enemy equals its health it's immediately discarded so the timing you're talking about doesn't matter. Well, but okay. The, okay. the token gets revealed before the attack goes through, right? So actually, it would yeah, lose the so health first, then it takes a damage. Yeah, but again, I'm not sure the timing matters for that. Like, as long as it's the damage on it has is equal to its health, it gets discarded. Even if even it's before you do the damage. But I think what Dane is saying is, okay, so suppose we have an enemy with four health, and I attack once with this and I draw a skull. So first its health goes down to three, then I deal one damage to it. So now it has three health and it has one damage on it, so it has two health remaining. Now I attack again and I draw another skull. And this time I reduce its health down to two, but it already was at... Oh no, no, now it has a damage on it. So now its health is two and it has one damage on it. Then I do another damage, now it has two health and two damage and it dies. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so... That, that is how it yeah. works. Okay, Okay. That, that's cool. Interesting. So that's a little better than than I initially thought of it. And it's because there's no such thing as like hit points in this game. You put damage on things, right? It's not like you have hit points yeah. that yeah. go down. It's yeah. damage that counts up. That's cool. Important to note is even if the attack fails and you draw a spooky death symbol, it still gets the minus one health. 
Oh, okay, so interesting. If you're attacking something that has like only one health left, you can maybe count on either hitting it or drawing a spooky symbol. Increase your odds. I don't know. It, it it's level four. You can reduce that cost of arcane research, but like there's other better options for fighting stuff. Like e- sh- shards of the or shard spell and shriveling. Shards and, of the void is at least like cool and interesting. Yeah, like those are all definitely better. I think that the only thing that I could see this in is maybe like a Diana deck because she wants to cancel stuff. She might she might get um you know the stuff that lets you pull more things so that maybe you could do this more consistently. And then you'll also get the benefit of the cancel stuff. So. Yeah, but she doesn't want to cancel the symbol. And Diana can play, like, weapons and stuff. She doesn't need this. But, like, she... It also commits for two strength, which might help her. Like, if she's still kind of doing, like, a like a nah. hybrid sort of, like, a guardian yeah. slash thing. Get a, get a steadfast. But is that worth four experience? Nah, this is... Like, play the original level zero wither if you're playing, like, a solo deck and you desperately need another way to deal damage and you can't play Enchanted Blade or something. Don't ever play this. The one case that I thought this could be used on that was cool was, like, in Undimensioned Unseen, like, if you could attack a brood and decrease its health by oh. one, but you can't, even, you can't even, you can't even attack them, though. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. But that is, yeah, it, sometimes there are things that can't take damage, but if you can reduce their health, like, that could be kind of cool. But it's, still don't, still don't play it. Too specific for four experience. Let's just go to the next one. Yeah. So the next card we've got here is Six Sense. Uh, again, welcome back. We've, we had the level zero version earlier in the cycle. It costs three. Uh, it's level four now. It's an asset. Uh, you can commit it for two intellect symbols. It's a spell and action investigate. Investigate using will instead of intellect. You get plus two will for this investigation. If a spooky symbol is revealed during this test, you may choose a revealed location up to two locations away from your location. You're now investigating as if you were at the chosen location in addition to your location. You may use either shroud value. Oh, and it does take up an arcane slot. And this, so unlike Wither, the original Sixth Sense is a pretty good card. Yeah. But I'm not really sure how much you really bring to the table i mean the plus two will is nice if you need it but a lot of times mystics have enough other things that are giving them will that for investigating purposes this might not be super important but i don't know maybe i think for both of these cards they kind of found a way to work around the normal accepted way to upgrade a card like normally if you were thinking of a sixth sense you might uh upgrade it you might think you would get another clue you know while you're while you're doing your investigation but this almost is yeah that'd be great half of almost get a clue because it does say in addition to your location meaning that if there's another revealed location you do get two clues that that has another clue on it Uh, which might be a good way again like sixth sense kind of has a good a good way of dealing with high shroud locations so is that just to be clear that's the difference between this and the level zero version is you get the plus two will and instead of getting to pick a different location instead of where you're investigating you get to do both if you get a spooky symbol yeah and it's up to two locations as as opposed to one i think okay yeah i mean that could be nice in some situations but i that just feels situational enough that i mean eventually if you've got arcane research and eventually you run out of other stuff to upgrade sure upgrade this but i think that for the most part level zero six sense is going to do just fine all right, so hear me out. You play Six Sense. You play Dark Prophecy. Oh boy! So you have to draw a spooky token, like tentacles, you don't, for instance. Like you, get, you like, don't draw four, just four tentacles and, and tentacles, four, for instance, <laughs> four numbers of tentacles. You don't do that. You avoid doing that. Use use your use your all your strength. To Wait, not you do time that. warp after you do that? Like you you draw the four numbers and tentacles, and then you time warp because you just screwed up. Yeah, that would be that would be ideal. Uh, but you play Dark Prophecy. You trigger this, and then you also play Eldritch Inspiration, so you get four clues. <laughs> 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just play Drawn of the Flame and get two clues and then like investigate. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think this is definitely a, a decent upgrade for Sixth Sense if you're running it already. Like Re is probably already running regular Sixth Sense because it's like a free bonus action that she can use every turn to play Drawing Thin twice. Uh, <laughs> and they've been definitely adding more support to Mystics for like the want to draw a spooky symbol. They, they've been trickling it in, so there it might be enough that you can. Yeah, it's still it's still not really it's, working. They're trickling it in. Like you have Eldritch Inspiration, you have at least one other card, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll just we'll we'll keep an eye on that trickle as it continues to to trickle. I know. Slowly trickle. I think it's like. I think it's good enough as like a backup investigate card that maybe you'd want to pick it up. I think Marie, she'll pick it up, but maybe others won't want to grab it as much. I'd say that's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Like get level zero six cents and then eventually pretty low priority, but maybe eventually upgrade it. Yeah. And again, arcane research you can use to make it only cost two to upgrade. So it's like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. It sounds right. Yeah. There you go. All right. So let's move to the survivor cards. Let's do it. Yeah. So the first survivor card is another, another repeat card from a previous cycle. Uh, it's called Lure. Uh, it is a survivor event, cost one to play, and is level two. Has two agility icons on it, and it is a trick, which of course means Rita can play it. <laughs> the ability audit is attached to your location or connecting location. During the enemy phase, each enemy that moves does so along the shortest path towards the attached location instead of to where it would normally move. Forced while attached at the end of the round, discard Lure. And this is an upgrade from a level one card called Lure, which we saw back in Dunwich, which was exactly the same, except that uh, that one could only be attached to your location, and this one can be attached to a connecting location as well. Yeah, so this is, it's certainly better than the original, because the original one was kind of very bad. Uh, yeah. Unless you really wanted to lure enemies to you, but like, it's, that was like really situational. The, this new version can let you like throw it on a side location lure all the enemies that are hunters over there and then uh, of course you throw dynamite on it that's the main use of this card right <laughs> yeah that's the thing because this only really does stuff with hunter enemies right and also sometimes you get the weird enemies that like move after at the end of enemy phase like in uh, Undimension unseen or something yeah yeah because anything that's during the enemy phase so Undimension unseen i think that's like at the end of it yeah. so that would still be part of the enemy phase so yeah maybe that'd be kind of cool this is going to be powerful in a few specific scenarios where moving enemies around is really good, but I think mostly it's not really worth a card. If you really want to play it for the icons and then occasionally you actually play it, then maybe that's okay. But in general, I just usually you don't need this. Yeah. I was just kind of like astounded at how little changed in, in one level. You know what I mean? Like yeah. really, literally the only thing that changed with this card, cause I, I looked at this like five times, <laughs> it is that you, you can attach it to a connecting location. That's the only thing that changes for, that, for this whole card. It would be interesting if they made it fast. Then you'd be like, well, then you can still have a whole turn to do stuff. That would be cool. But like, eh. yeah, I wonder. I wonder if they really wanted to keep it at level two so that like Agnes can play it or something. Like, I can't imagine, but you know, I I just why I don't understand. Yeah, you can use in that min deck that's like barric- she barricades herself in. Oh yeah, and she can use that to like keep the enemies away from her for one more turn or something. This also, this might end, I mean, every card that seems really way too situational like this, I just seem like, yeah, this might work in solo, maybe if you just really need to, like, move something away from you for one turn, but probably not even then, so. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Any Anything else, or should we move on to the, the last card? This is probably, like, the most unremarkable card in the last, like, three packs, honestly. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, let's, let's go ahead and move on. Oh, yeah, so I, I <laughs> this card's cool. So, uh, the last card 
the last card of the entire cycle is a survivor event level three cost to two wild icons it's called you catastrophe that's a really cool name it is uh the art is also really cool i like it a lot i think what they're going for with the art and the name is it's it's because you is like a greek word i think it's a greek root that means sort of like life or something like i think this is sort of like a genesis device from wrath of khan it's like what if there's stuff growing all over the place suddenly? I think it was a term coined by like tolkien or something oh, really? yeah i saw somebody talking about that in in a uh it's like a sudden and favorable resolution of events in a story it's a happy ending it's saying it's a happy ending even though the art is clearly showing oh, that's cool it's like like the art shows like the world's like all destroyed with the sun's rising you know it's like a it's like a new day. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think that's that's what's going on. Is it's sort of like, oh, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel, and it has the fortune and blessed traits. Uh, did we ever decide if it's blessed or blessed? We should have asked Matt that. <laughs> well, blessed is fine. I don't know. Yeah. It means Mateo can play it, so another Mateo card. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But Rex can't uh, anyway. <laughs> so fast play when you reveal a chaos token that would reduce your skill value to zero during a skill test, including the autofail token. Cancel that token and treat it as an elder sign token instead. Wow. So this is like the opposite of lucky because lucky, if you fail by a little bit, lets you succeed. And this, if you fail by a lot, lets you succeed. And it has the additional rider that you get to turn it into an elder sign token, which is very relevant for some investigators and not really a big deal at all for others. It also has two wild icons on it, which is nice. Lucky doesn't commit for anything, I think. So that's sort of a a nice bit. Yeah. I mean, it's a little pricey to play. Just because survivors are usually running low on money, so two is a lot. But uh, sorry, are are you serious? Uh, I think you've forgotten the world that we live in now. <laughs> Post drawing thin. World? <laughs> yeah. Why are you talking about the richest class as if? Uh, Although yeah. drawing thin doesn't synergize great with this card because it, it's hard to actually get. If you're drawing thin, oh, no, that's not true. I don't know. Well, no, drawing thin just makes it so the test is harder, but not that you'll you'll fail it. Uh, yeah, you're right. So. This has a lot of potential for some fun fun jank, I think. Can't York, like, recur this? If he plays it on an investigate on, like, a Shroud 4, he has, like, a base of 2. Most tokens are going to reduce him down if he draws, like, a minus 2 or worse. He can then play this, get his Elder Sign, which gives him plus 2. Yeah. And then he can draw this back out of <laughs> back out of the graveyard with his Elder Sign effect. He could play it again. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Like Windy can maybe do something weird with it, too. I don't know. It's kind of protection against when, when she redraws yeah, and if yeah. she should get the auto fail or something that reduces her to zero, she can just play this and still succeed. Like Wendy, Wendy is already kind of bonkers and now this is just kind of like, Ugh. well, she automatically succeeds if she has her amulet out so she can turn anything oh, that is true. into that is true. auto success. Mm. It's not like amazing where that's going to always be a clutch card to make you pass any test, but it seems like it might be good enough that like usually there's at least one or two times in a scenario you know not think about any jank where you will be reduced to zero and maybe if you had an elder sign instead you would have passed Mm. yeah but is that is that time going to be a test that you really wanted to pass very badly though i don't know because i here's the thing i wanted to like this because this seems like a really cool card but the more i think about it the less good i think it is just because canceling the auto fail is great that's like you really want to do that. Like, that's the great thing about lucky. You're like, okay, I have a lucky. I'm going to pass unless I draw the auto fail. So this is like the remedy for that, but it just doesn't really happen often enough. I think most of the time you're going to be holding on to this. You're going to have some kind of a test someone needs to do where you really need a courage and you're just going to commit this as a courage. Yeah, maybe. Oh, in Mateo though, like his elder sign's great. So I was about to say that. Yeah. yeah. People that really, really want to trigger an elder sign. Like if you have something like Joe Diamond gets to put something back in his hunch deck, Tony Morgan, who was just spoiled, gets like an extra bounty, like Mateo, obviously. If you have a great elder sign, then this becomes a little bit better. 
even then i'm not totally sure i would play it but i think if you don't have a good elder sign then i don't I mean, think notably this does not exile itself like most like kind of good survivor cards usually do that is true. Yeah, exactly. You can pick it back up with Resourceful. Yeah, that's true, but you can't... I don't think you can use True Survivor to get it back into other things, no. right? I don't think so, no. But you could get back... Uh, you could True Survivor for scavenging into Resourcefuls and then commit the Resourcefuls, and, you know. Pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, like like we mentioned, I think that the two people who are most interested are the people who have really good Elder Sign effects. And Mateo kind of already can cancel or make anything an Elder Sign. That's his ability, right? Once once per game? Yeah, but only only once per game he can turn a tentacles into an Elder Sign. Yeah, so this would make it so that he doesn't necessarily have to do that for himself anymore, right? Like, he can kind of more be yeah. there for others with that effect, and then this can function as that for him. Yeah, that's true. It's it's a cool card. Like, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't fault you for playing it. I just 3 XP's a lot. But for a Survivor... I mean, but what, what else do they? Yeah, what, what else do they? they? They get Fortune or Fate, they get Fofs, and they get a... Uh, they need Testa a Fortune wills. or Fate and double Testable every scenario. That's that's what they're spending experience. Oh, hey, with Rita, you do you draw a treachery card that you fail uh, by a lot. You play this, and then you can use her ability your whole turn, like three times. To, like she can like move evade move evade move evade escape the temple <laughs> with the uh, Elric of Ages instead of dying the very last space. I guess that wasn't the game I played with you guys. Uh, I I think for York this has potential to be fun. Just like it could turn him into an in- investigate machine. Yeah, I think so too. That's a really interesting interaction. Uh, if he has money, which he does, of course does, because he's, he's drawing thin. <laughs> the art is really cool. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like most of these cards anyways. The the reprints are, well, not the reprints, but the level ups are kind of like, eh, and, and level downs, I should say. But I think this is the last pack in the cycle that feels the least like the last pack in the cycle because there are definitely level zero cards here and i think as far as i remember all of the last packs in each of the cycles have been you know these beefy level four level five cards and we do have some of those but like we also got some pretty great cards for investigators it feels like the kind of like top you know end game cards sort of got spread out between the the final two packs instead of just the final pack so we got a lot of expensive powerful cards last time too yeah exactly like agency backup and stuff yeah and it's also it's 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 interesting because we've been saying i I think in in this pack the good stuff was kind of early in like guardian seeker and rogue we've been saying this whole cycle that like wow the survivor cards are really good and it, this was kind of like the opposite of that, but that's fine. It just kind of like compensates a little bit. So is Yuka Catastrophe referencing that the Circle Undone will have a happy ending? Is that what it's, is that what it's hinting at? The sun that's, will come uh, up that, in that, the morning. That's, it seems like it would be dangerous <laughs> to assume that. We still have not played, uh, we still haven't played the final scenario. So so uh, we know Matt likes to, likes to hide hints of the next pack in here, right? Is it just the bonded cards or is there some other secret in here? I was going to say that. I think it's the bonded cards. I think that this is going to kind of carry us into the next set, expecting more bonded stuff. Because at first I was like, well, why would they introduce a mechanic at the last pack of the of the cycle? That's kind of a weird way to do it, but maybe that's the reason why. I know, maybe we're going to get lured into the dreamlands or something. You know, like maybe... Oh! <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. Or the dream spiders are going to wither up. Maybe that's the hint. Well... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, listeners, how do you feel about these cards? Who else is excited to glimpse the unthinkable and mill the top 10 cards of the encounter deck? What cards Wait a sec. <laughs> will you maliciously yoink right out of your friends' hands with that horrible card that we had to go to Yellow Alert for? Comment wherever you listen to podcasts or email us at miskatonicuniversityradio at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.
that wasn't referencing Netrunner, right? It was magic. That's slightly less terrible, but... Is it, though? Actually, no, I'm not sure it is. 